Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Hey everyone, welcome. Welcome, Transformers. I'm so honored and privileged that you chose to join us this amazing Sunday, especially because we're beginning a brand new series. And the series we're starting on is a series on prayer. Now, before you say, that's boring and tune out, let me say this. Our prayers reveal our heart's desire. And that's something you don't want to miss. Have you ever asked the question, what is prayer really? Why is it so important? Is it even necessary? You know, as someone that does not follow Jesus, that might be a really valid question. So I want you to stick around because I want to explain to you the real amazing quality and the power and depth of prayers. As for us as Christ followers, our prayers should never be benign, expected, easy, or safe. Our prayers should be dangerous prayers. And that's the series title, Dangerous Prayers. And the message title I have for you today is God Search Me. It comes from Psalm 139. So as Christ followers, we get into the habit of just praying easy prayers and safe prayers. You know, prayers like, God, protect me. That's a safe prayer. God, provide for me. That's a safe prayer. God, bless me and my family. That's a very safe prayer. And as if you were with us last week, I talked about in our culture the desire and the pursuit of comfort. And the pursuit of comfort actually takes us to a place that moves us away from that depth or intimacy from God. Because the, the pursuit of comfort reveals our prayers. And so often, the reality is that we pray things to make us comfortable. But I want to challenge us as we get through the series, because in reality, prayer is powerful, it's life-changing, it's transformative, it has the ability to give us an exciting adventure in life. And all of us want an exciting, adventurous life, and there's no better place to start than in the place of prayer. Prayer is never boring, it's never time-consuming, it's never worthless or even impotent. The amazing thing is that prayer can change the world. Prayer can shape destiny. Prayer can transform situations and circumstances. Prayer can give us an exciting adventure in our life, an exciting spiritual adventure more than you could possibly imagine. And so our prayer should never be generic, predictable, and safe. I want us to step out of that safe area of prayer and step into this radical area of challenge and amazing adventure. And this place will actually make us grow, mature, stretch, and give us an amazing, hopeful future. So let's be brave. Let's be bold. Let's be radical. Because we never want to have a boring conversation, right? Have you ever been in a boring conversation or boring meeting? You know, I've been in many meetings and many conversations in my life, and I can tell you there have been some boring ones, real snow fests, you know. You're sitting at this meeting, 
and they're talking about stuff that is not interesting in at all in one little bit. There's nothing that catches your interest in this conversation. And sometimes you just want to fall asleep. And many a time I've actually almost fallen asleep and hit my head on the table in the middle of the meeting. Very embarrassing, but true, I confess. It has been one of those boring meetings and conversations. But there's other times where I've been to amazingly insightful and blessing, like just challenging meetings because we're talking about things that challenge us, talking about things about and bantering back and forth and presenting ideas and thoughts and concepts that you really want to be invested in, you want to be part of, you want to share your thoughts and your ideas. And those meetings have been really productive because you're in this amazing conversation talking about things that really matter, that things are that really passionate about, Right? So when you get into those conversations, you want them to continue. So let's start off by saying this. Let's demystify prayer. Prayer is not some super spiritual thing reserved for special people. Prayer is not just left to those who are considered religious. No, prayer is for everyone. Here is what prayer is not. Prayer is not some repetitious things. It's not repeating the same thing every day thinking that's prayer. It's not about demonstrating your spirituality. It's not boring. It's not a task. And it's certainly not hard. Let me say this. What is real prayer? The simplest way I can put it is this. Prayer is conversation with God. Prayer is about spending time in the presence of the one who loves you the most. It's about spending time with the one who seeks your good, your worth, your future, and your success more than anyone else in this world. So let's unpack this first dangerous prayer today. And it's coming to us, as I said, from Psalm 139. And Psalm 139 is written by David. And David was facing persecution by God's enemies. And it would be easy for him to just go out there and just cut them down, you know. But David takes a moment to pray a dangerous prayer. Because it's a prayer of reflection rather than a prayer of accusation. And this is what he says in Psalm 139 verse 23 and 24. He says this, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Let's break this prayer of David down. And there's four aspects I want to explore today. The first one is this. He says, search my heart. Search me, God, and know my heart. Why does David ask God to search his heart? Doesn't he know what's in his heart? Don't we know what's in our heart? Oftentimes we think we do. But sometimes there's different levels or layers to that. And what we perceive of as a good heart often has some other depth to it. You know, we like to say things like, that person has a great heart or that person has a good heart. And that might be what it is on the outside, but no one truly knows the depth and intents of a heart. In fact, a heart that does not know God is an extremely wicked and deceitful heart. Jeremiah gives us some revelation on this. And he says this in Jeremiah 17. He says, The heart, the human heart, is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. 
Who really knows how bad it is? Who really knows what's in the depth of every single human heart? It's sometimes bad. It's not what we think it is. It's not what we appear to be. You know, often we think ourselves as being good and that we want to live right and act right and speak right. But we often lie. We say things that are little white lies and we say, well, you know, it's just a little small lie, tiny thing. It's not a big deal. It's nothing to worry about. But yet it's a lie, right? And all of us have done it. You know, I can point the finger to myself before I point to anyone else. We've all said little lies that we think are just, you know, excusable. The most common person we lie to is ourselves. We often deceive ourselves before we deceive anyone else. And we say things, you know, in our life and in our world, things like, you know what, I'm not materialistic. I just like good stuff. You know, I like nice things. I don't have an anger problem. It's only when people get me upset or say things, you know, I disagree with that I might fly off the handle. I'm not a gossip. I don't go around talking about people. I'm just trying to share my concerns, you know, just sharing that. I'm not critical of anyone. I don't say anything bad about anyone. I just want to share with them thoughts that will help them. You know, I'm not lustful at all. I just appreciate a nice physique. You know, it looks good and I appreciate it. I appreciate God's great design. And so we all have an internal prejudice when it comes to looking at ourselves. We look, ourse- look at ourselves in our heart with prejudicial eyes. There's areas in our heart that we don't want to go to, we don't want to examine, we don't want to open the door to. Say you had guests coming over to your house, and I'm sure everyone does this because I know we do it in our house as well. We want to make sure our house looks good. You know, We want to prepare it to look good, to, to invite guests into our house, and it's a natural thing to do. We want to make sure it's pleasing and welcoming to anyone that comes in. And so we clean. You know, We make sure our lounge is good, and we make sure the dining room is good. We especially make sure that the toilets and you know, the bathrooms are spick and span. But oftentimes there's one room or one closet in our house that's jam-packed with stuff. There's a mess behind it, and that door should never be open to any guest that walks into your house, right? That's just forbidden. No admittance, no entry, no one goes in there. And so the rest of our house could be great, but there's one area in our house that's a mess. And so David understands this, and in the same way, in our hearts, we have the same thing. There's often areas in our heart that we're proud of. This is great, we love people, we appreciate people. But there's other areas in our heart, a door in our heart that's closed, that we don't want to go in and we don't want anyone else to see what's in that room. And so David says, you know what, God, if I look into my heart, if I look into my own heart, I know there's areas of my rooms in my heart that I'm just going to pass on by, that I won't open the door to, because I know what's behind that door, and I don't want to see it, and I certainly don't want you to see it, or anyone else to see it. So he says, God, if I search my heart, I'm going to be prejudicial. So Lord, come in and search my heart. You search me, because you're not going to be prejudicial. You're going to search every single area of my heart. And when you pray this prayer like David prayer, it's going to be a dangerous prayer because God is going to begin to show you things in your heart that might not necessarily be right, might not be something that you even like. But God's doing it not to judge you, not to condemn you, not to be cruel. He's showing it to you so you can begin to work on it together with him that you can get into this place of intimacy and a joyful experience with him that you don't have to suffer these failures and you know, embarrassments and worry 
because you have these hidden areas in your life. God wants you to get to this place of intimacy with him. And so he wants you to become better. He wants you to become stronger. He wants you to be able to have that great intimacy with your walk with Jesus. And so when he opens this heart, opens this area of your heart up, it's to make you better and not to make you worse. Number two, as aspect of this is, David prays, reveal my fears. He says again, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. What makes you anxious? Are there things in this world that makes you scared or anxious? Maybe it's spiders. Maybe it's snakes. Maybe it's monsters under the bed. Maybe it's a fear of being intimidated by people. Whatever it is, things on the outside that scare you, makes you anxious, makes your heart go pitter-patter. There's also things internally that makes us anxious, right? You know, we have a fear of failure. Some of us have a fear of success. Some of us have a fear of loss or the unknown. Things that make us anxious. So why would we pray this prayer? Why would we ask God to show us our fears? It's because of this. What we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. When you're thinking about or worried about losing your marriage, you don't trust God to take care of it. When you're worried about not having a job or losing your job, you're worried that God can sustain you. When you think that you don't have enough money in your bank account, you're worried that God cannot provide for you. See, we often have a fear of failing, of letting people down, of feeling inadequate. And therefore, we try to live up to unrealistic standards just to please other people because we're deadly afraid of other people thinking negative things about us. Let me give you an example. In my life, when I was a child growing up, I often had this worry, this big fear that people would not like me. And because of that, I overcompensated, you know. I would actually lose friends because of it, because I've become very clingy to the friends that I had, you know, constantly trying to get them over to my house to hang out and to play games and to chill out. And because of this sort of over-exuberance, I would actually lose friends because of it. And so you get to this place where you're trying to, you know, please people rather than pleasing God and you have this fear of letting people down or, or losing people in your life. And so when I begin to pray about it, when I said, God, reveal my fears, get into the depth of my heart and begin to dissect it like a surgeon does and get into the little nuances and the minutiae of all the things in my heart, begin to show me my fears. God began to show me that what the root of the problem was that I really felt inadequate. And because I felt inadequate, I would compensate for all of these behaviors. And so what he helped show me was the fact that I don't have to have everyone like me. Not everyone in this world is going to like you or love you or appreciate you. But there's some that do have you at heart, that love you and care about you. Focus on who cares about you rather than those who don't. And he says, I love you, I care about you, and I like you. And that should be sufficient. And so that really brought me to this place where I was able to move past this feeling of inadequacy, past this fear that we always constantly dwell in. And so in fact, he says, there's no fear in love, right? Perfect love casts out fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so when you pray that dangerous prayer, God, show me my fears or show me the fears I have in my heart. God is going to show you those areas 
but he's also going to give you the courage to address, to address the root cause of your fear to help you overcome it. And it's a dangerous prayer, right? It's a dangerous prayer because we have to be transparent to God. We have to open ourselves up. It's like lying on the surgeon's table and he's doing heart surgery. It's God doing heart surgery in your life. And I'll remind you again, the most, person, the most common person we lie to is ourselves. When people ask us things like, how are you? We say, we're good. I'm okay. I'm fine. I don't need help. I'm doing well. And we say these things and we don't necessarily feel or are those things. It's challenging, right, to face your fears. All of us are challenged by facing fears. But when God is on our side, when he's invested in us, when he desires good for us, when we can expose our fears to him so he can help us overcome them. That's a dangerous prayer, but it's going to transform you. Number three, David prays, uncover my sins. And this is what David actually prays. He says, see if there's any offensive way in me. Is there anything that I'm doing that is offensive to you, God, or to offensive to other people around me? Is there anything about my behavior that is contrary to what I should be doing? Am I doing things that are against what you would want me to do? And it's really difficult for all of us to see our own problems, right? It's easy to point out other people's problems. It's easy to see the defects or the failures in other people's lives, but we kind of gloss over our own failures, our own mistakes. We don't tend to focus on them. We tend to focus on other people's issues. We tend to accuse others and excuse ourselves. We often hold other people to higher standards than we hold ourselves. You know, a little while ago, when we were not in lockdown, I had to go to the shopping center. And driving up right at the front, you usually find these parking spots that are reserved for mothers with children, right? And so I was driving by. There was a number of those spots that were open. But of course, I was not going to drive in there because, you know, that's reserved for mothers and children, of course. But I saw this guy just drive right in. And, you know, he didn't have a mother. He didn't have a child. He was by himself. He didn't even have a wife with his car with him. And he just parked right there and he hopped into the shopping center. And I was highly offended because, you know, how dare he park in this spot? Because doesn't he know it's right there on the ground? This is for mothers with children. So they can make, you know, give it and help them be more easier access. And it's a convenient for them. Well, a week or so later, I was driving to the shopping center. It was almost closing time. I was rushing there. I had to get something before the shops closed, and I had to get somewhere. And so driving right up, there was a number of spots empty, but here right at this front was this spot that was empty. There was no one around, a mother with a child parking spot. And I just booted right in because I'm like, I'm just going to hop in and hop right out. And as I came on, I came to the realization, hold on. Just a week ago, I was condemning someone for doing the very same thing. And yet here I am offering excuses for my own behavior and my own standards that I live, wanted other people to live up to, but I'm not able to live up to myself, right? What happened there? I'm not living up to what I hold myself accountable for. So often in our lives, we have to ask God to begin to cover us, you know, uncover our mistakes, uncover our inadequacies, uncover the things that we take for granted in our life. And so here's some amazing things. You can ask yourself these questions before you get into prayer to help you with your prayer life. And he says, here's the questions. What are others trying to tell me? 
If there's two or more people saying the same thing to you, maybe you should listen because they're trying to speak something into your life that you might not be aware of. What have I rationalized for some time? Have I made excuses? You know, the way I handle things, the way I talk to people that are, it might not be, you know, the, way the, the, the best way and other people notice this. Where am, am I most defensive? Is it areas in my life that affect pride, materialism, lust, addiction, gossip, critical spirits, disobeying? All these areas in our life that sometimes we tend to gloss over. And so we pray, God, search me. Reveal my fears. Uncover my sins. Show me what areas I need to address. Not so I can be filled down, but so I can improve and be what you've called me to be. See, when he shows you what it is, you have to have the courage to allow him to show it to you first. And then you have to have the courage to begin to work on it. Because it's his desire, I'll remind you again, it's his desire to make you like him. And he is most interested in your success apart from anyone else. It's his desire and he loves you more than anyone else. So he's not there to destroy you. He's there to strengthen you. And finally, he comes to this point. David says this, lead me. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. When you have the courage to pray this prayer, God is always going to lead you through the difficult seasons, areas, and parts of your life and in your heart. He's never going to abandon you. He's never going to let you down. He's never going to leave you by the wayside. He's always going to hold your hand and lead you through. In fact, David said this, even though I walk to the valley of that shadow of death, guess what? My God is with me. He's not abandoned me on one side and left me to face my fears, my anxiousness, and all of these things alone. He's right there with me. When you expose your heart to God in prayer, when you ask God to dissect you, God is going to extend grace. It's always there. It's always going to be there. It will always be there when you pray this prayer. God is always going to give you grace because he is a God of grace. And it shows us that we need to rely on him. It doesn't speak to our own adequacy. It speaks to our inadequacy. It speaks to the fact that we need to rely on God's grace to help us through the difficult circumstances of our life. We need to rely on his provision. We need to allow him to lead us through the difficult seasons of our life. And so we need to stop deceiving ourselves. We need to stop lying to ourselves. We need to stop covering ourselves. We need to stop denying the truth. doesn't change the facts of the matter. And whatever you discover reveals your need for Jesus in your life. As God begins to uncover you, as he begins to open up your heart and into your, open up your life, you'll become a better person because God is going to strengthen you. And so your prayer, your dangerous prayers, God, search me. Find no wicked way within me, no offensive way within me. Begin to uncover all the areas that I've covered up because I don't want to expose them. And begin to lead me to the path of righteousness, of everlasting. So let's read this verse together. Let's pray this together. All right, let's read it all together from verse 23. It says this, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way 
everlasting. Let's make this our prayer each and every day that we can really open up our hearts to God and God can come in and begin to do that marvelous work of transformation that can only come from the master's hands. It's his desire to do it for you. It's his desire to bring us to the best possible place in our life. And so let me ask that question again. This is the best thing to pray. What is prayer? It's having a conversation with the one who loves you the most. An interesting, in-depth, amazing conversation about how our life can be transformative rather than one-lane destruction. Let's be genuine Christ followers that walk in the ways that please God. And for all of you that don't even know Jesus, this is the best prayer to pray. Lord, begin to show me who I am so I can become what you really want me to be. If you want to have success in life, if you want to have a life of adventure, if you want to have a life that is overflowing with good things in the sense that God is going to pour that into your life, not everything in your world might be good, but God is going to pour out good things into your life because he desires good for you in spite of all the bad things that happen around you. So God's not going to remove bad things from our circumstance. He's going to put good things in our life to counteract the bad in our circumstance. So let's begin to pray dangerous prayers. Let's not settle for safe. Let's not settle for boring. Let's not settle for repetitive. Let's invest in dangerous. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, Father, we just want to thank you and bless you, honor you. Lord, we pray with, along with David. Lord, begin to search us. Look into our heart. Look into our mind. Look into our spirit. And find no offensive there, way there at all. Let's begin to build upon the strengths and the challenges that you usher forth from your word. And not lapse into just common, routine, repetitive prayers. But let's pray transformative prayers that challenge us and bring us to the place of intimacy with you. We thank you, we honor you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.